Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Everyone ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Alike Okunpawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Well, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat here on your home of the Fighting Irish. Sports Radio 960 WSBT on this Monday, January the 15th of 2024. My name is Darren Pritchett. We thank you so much for joining us. On this Monday, hope you had a great weekend. I think everybody but Cowboy fans had a pretty good weekend. Oh, goodness gracious. Woo! Packer fans, for everyone that gets sick and tired of hearing about the Cowboys on any channel you turn to, we say thank you. We say thank you. But the thing is, now we're going to hear all about what the Cowboys have to do to get better next year. So it's not like it ends the conversation, but cheeseheads, we unitedly say thank you. We've got an hour and a half of sports talk coming your way on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We have Fighting Irish Basketball coming up at the top of the hour here on WSBT. I'm sorry, at the bottom of next hour at 630 We've got pregame coverage of Notre Dame at Boston College. Tony Simeone has the play-by-play at 7 o'clock. I will keep you updated on the progress of the first of two NFL wildcard games today, the game that was supposed to be played yesterday. It is occurring right now in Orchard Park, New York, where not all the snow is out of the stadium. A lot of people are standing because there are rows of seats that have just piles of snow. There's a a video that's been circulating on Twitter. Three Steeler fans, one of the first people to get into the stadium, are literally have snow up to their waist, and they are pushing their way through the snow in the row 
to get to their alleged seats. So there's a lot of standing in Orchard Park, which might be better considering how chilly it is today in Orchard Park. And the Bills are off to a fantastic start. Unlike the two seed in the NFC, the two seed in the AFC, they are off to a fast start. And the Bills just took advantage of a Steeler fumble and turned it into seven points. Dalton Kincaid caught a touchdown pass from Josh Allen. And it is 14-0 Buffalo over Pittsburgh. And I have to raise my hand and say I see why Dalton Kincaid was liked more than Michael Mayer in the NFL draft process. He has just got great separation as a tight end. He's almost like a wide receiver. He is a mismatch for a lot of players. So Kincaid showing his worth in Buffalo. Bills up 14-0 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And how did the Steelers get into the playoffs? With all their offensive woes, using three different quarterbacks, they fired their offensive coordinator. I mean, Mike Tomlin always has his team at or above 500. That's just a Pittsburgh tradition. But this team, it's kind of a head-scratcher how they found their way into the postseason. Right now, they're down by two scores. All right, hat trick of opening topics coming up in a second. We'll talk some Notre Dame football and other topics with Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated at the bottom of the hour. i got to be careful. He's a Cowboy fan, so all those things I just said, don't tell him I said that because we're buddies and I don't want to make him upset because there's nothing more frustrating than when your team loses in the playoffs. But Cowboys are just a little different because of how they're put on such a pedestal by the national media. So we'll talk to Tyler coming up in just a little bit. We've got our Twitter question of the day before the top of the hour. And also I will rank the NFL playoff games so far by least surprising to most surprising to kick off the six o'clock hour. And we will wrap up the six o'clock hour, of course, early at six 30 with our sports wagering segment. And so far the 10 pack of picks from Friday's show is going very, very well. I'm 6-3 and three going into this game, Bills-Steelers. I took the Bills minus 10 at minus 105. You bet 10 to win 1952 on Friday. So far, so good. 14-0 Buffalo. Still three minutes to go in the first quarter, and the Bills have the football back. So we will have our four picks for tonight's show coming up at the end of the program. It includes two picks on the Notre dame Boston College basketball game in Chestnut Hill tonight on WSBT Radio. Let's begin with our hat trick of opening topics here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. And we start with topic number one, and it's from the National Football League, and the Detroit Lions have a playoff victory. It's been a long time, 32 miserable years for Lion fans. They got it done yesterday. Heck, it was their first home game in 30 years in the postseason. Lions held off the Rams 24-23. If you watch the first half, the game felt like a 100-meter dash in the Summer Olympics. I mean, fast-paced, nobody was losing yardage. Every play was a positive play. Touchdowns were scored by everybody. And at halftime, it was 21-17 Detroit. But then the defenses took hold of the football game over the final 30 minutes. And remarkably in the second half, no touchdowns were scored. Rams had a couple of field goals. The Lions had a field goal. 
And that's good news for Detroit as they pulled out the 24-23 victory. So much hype going into this football game about the quarterbacks who were traded for each other a couple of years ago. Of course, the Lions got a lot of draft picks that have turned into five big-time contributors to their football team along with Goff. Statistically, Stafford might have won the battle. Goff won the game, and I think Goff came out physically in much better shape than Matthew Stafford. Goff, who led the Rams to the Super Bowl, losing to New England, he went 22 of 27 for 277 yards and a touchdown. Steady Eddie in the pocket. You put pressure on him, normally makes mistakes. Pretty good job by that line, offensive line, as good as anybody in the NFL. Had time to throw and was extremely accurate. Stafford cut his hand. And on a hit by Aiden Hutchison in a second line, he looked a little woozy laying on the turf at Ford Field, but got back up. Stafford ended up 25 of 36 for 367 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. And the two quarterbacks had really good days despite the fact the running games were held in check. Now, I will say, on the first couple of drives, the Lions had a lot of success running the football with David Montgomery on the first drive, Jameer Gibbs on the second drive. But at the end of the day, the Lions 25 carries for 79 yards, barely three yards per carry. The old bear, Montgomery, 14 for 57. The former Crimson tied back, Gibbs, 8 for 25. Both had touchdowns. And for the Rams, they did not get a whole lot out of the running game. Kyron Williams, the former Notre Dame star, got a little dinged up in the game. He had 13 carries for 61 yards, so just a hair under five yards per carry for Kyron. But at the end of the day, Rams 17 carries for 68 yards. The top wide receivers on each team came through in the clutch. There's so much hype about Cooper Cup. The great season he had a couple of years ago with the Rams. Looks like the injuries and age have taken away one of his you would call it steps. He just looks a little slower than he was. But Puka Nakua, a fifth-round pick out of BYU, has really picked up the slack. Nakua targeted 10 times. He caught nine passes for 181 and a touchdown. If the Lions have an Achilles heel, it is that secondary. They put a lot of emphasis on on stopping the run. They will use extra resources to try to slow down your running game. They were a very poor run defense last year. Actually really, really good this year. The back end has struggled, and Nakua had a great day. Amon Rossane Brown, who got robbed of the Pro Bowl, nine targets, seven for 110. Josh Reynolds against his old Ram teammates made a couple of phenomenal first-half catches en route to a five-catch, 80-yard day. Two premier defensive players, in this game, Aaron Donald saw a lot of double and triple teams as the Lions tried to slow down one of the best, if not the best, interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Donald, three tackles, one solo. And the old Wolverine, Aiden Hutchinson, showed his work to Detroit in that big game. Six tackles, four solos, and a couple of sacks. For the Lions, their first win since January of 94. I'm sorry, that's their last home game was January of 94. A loss to Green Bay, 28 to 24. Eric Kramer was the quarterback that day for 248 yards. Barry Sanders had 27 rushes for 169. And Brett Perriman 
had a big day catching the football in that loss to the Packers back in 94. Ten catches for 150 and a touchdown. To put things in a perspective, January of 94, what else was happening? Irish fans remember this. Number one, Florida State beat number two, Nebraska, at the Orange Bowl. 18-16, some would say to steal the national championship from Notre Dame. Also in January of 94, what Eric and I talked about last week, accidentally, but Nancy Kerrigan attacked by Tanya Harding's bodyguard at the U.S. Championships, and that was in Detroit. I'd forgotten about that. Steve Carlton was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. John Lennon and Bob Marley went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The top movies in January of 94, number three, Grumpy Old Men, number two, The Pelican Brief, and number one, Robin Williams in Mrs. Doubtfire. The top TV shows in January of 94, Friends and ER, and also occurring in January of 94, the trial of Lorena Bobbitt begins. I don't think I will mention what she was accused of. A, it's a family show, and B, it's not a comfortable conversation to have. If necessary, Google it. All right, so congratulations, Lions fans. I hope you had fun last night, and you get another home game because the boys lost down in Dallas. Detroit gets the winner of tonight's game between the Eagles and the Bucks. Topic number two, it was a didn't-do-the-little-things type loss for the Notre Dame basketball team on Saturday, falling to Florida State at Purcell Pavilion, 67-58. Credit to Primo Spears of FSU, had a couple of late field goals to fuel the Seminoles and to halt some good momentum the Irish had coming down the stretch. The Irish were down three with a minute to go, but then unfortunately could not get the job done. Spears, a big reason why. Irish had too many unforced turnovers, missed assignments on defense, not blocking out, missing out on small details, and going 3 of 11 from the free throw line. Let's also mention Florida State's size and athleticism hurt the Irish, in particular in the second half when FSU got smart and just started going downhill toward the basket and stopped shooting three-point shots. Marcus Burton, the Penn grad, led Notre Dame with 20 points. He was also last on the team and plus-minus being on the floor at minus 13 points. He had four turnovers. J.R. Konezny had five turnovers in the ballgame. After the contest here on WSBT Radio, the voice of the Irish, Tony Simeone, talked to, as you will hear, a frustrated and disappointed head coach, Micah Shrewsbury. Hung in there and fought throughout the day. The difference, I look at the box score, free throws seemed like let you down in this one. Just what was your takeaway uh, after 40 minutes against Florida State? I can agree with you on that. We fought the whole day. Like, you know, I didn't think we had any focus to start the game, hmm. which, you know, there, there you go, start the game. They get 10 offensive rebounds in the first half. We go one for who knows, seven, eight from the free throw line in the first half. That's a focus issue. That's not physical. It's not physical at all, right? It's a choice. It's a choice. If I'm focused, I make my free throws. We made them the other night. What's the difference? Same people shot them. Like, what's the difference? There is no difference. I was focused the other night. I wasn't focused today. Um, It's a choice to box out every single possession. They got two, ten offensive rebounds in the first half. They got two in the second half. We made a conscious choice, or we got down and we fought more. Like, why not do it from the start? 
Why not choose to do it from the start? And that's, you know, that's the most disappointing thing for me, like, um, as a coach. Like, we, if we make young mistakes, I got you. I got you, man. Like, there's, there's some young mistakes, a couple things in transition that, like, you know, it's just young guys. They don't understand it, right? And, and we give Green the three in transition. But, like, those are young mistakes. Those aren't effort mistakes. We made effort mistakes in the first half and uh, can't, can't play catch up from that. I thought one bright spot for you, we talked about him before the game, was Logan Imes having to play more minutes. He gave you six points, a couple of assists. He didn't turn it over, which I thought was important with all the pressure he was facing. Just what would you see from, from Logan in, in getting some run that he hadn't seen that many minutes in a long time? Yeah, I just thought he played tough. Um, we needed him to play a lot of minutes, and he helped us handle the ball. Um, you know, Florida State's a tough team to play uh, with their defense and how they guard you. And, you know, it's not a sets game. You need playmakers, and I thought he did a pretty good job of when to attack, when not to attack. Last one I have, it's a quick turnaround for Boston College. You guys will travel tomorrow. Just, you know, it sounds like focus is one of the keys you'll, you'll focus on and, and try to implement. What else will you try to get ready for as you prepare for B.C.? I just told those guys, there's zero excuses. I don't care. I don't care. Like, I'm not happy with the way that we have to go on the road and play on one day rest, right? Us in Boston College, nobody else in the league has to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with that. But, you know, there's no excuses. It doesn't change. You play the you play your schedule and you play it the way it's set up. So we got to go there and play hard. Like, I don't care about injuries. I don't care about illness. I don't care about snowstorms. I don't care about travel. There is no way that we should not go over there and fight the way we're supposed to fight. And um, if we don't do it, then, like, don't say anything about a quick turnaround, man. we got to come in tomorrow focused and locked in on getting the game plan, putting it together, and then executing it. And then you got to go out tough. Like, that's what you do on a short prep and a short turnaround. You go in there and out tough people. And we didn't have a chance to do that today, but we got a chance to turn around and do it again the next time. All right, Coach. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you in a couple days in Boston. There you go. Micah Shrewsbury after the loss to Florida State. What I've learned in the short amount of time being around Micah, listening to his interviews, having him on the show, be careful in offering your opinion because if you're wrong, he's going to mention it. <laughs> you better be sure in what you're talking about. It is Notre Dame at Boston College tonight, 7 o'clock on WSBT Radio. Pre-game starts at 6.30. Okay. Third and final opening topic for tonight, social media never fails. If you get on social media and you're a sports fan, I almost feel like Twitter X is perfect for sports. Yeah, you get breaking news, you get updates, but there's a lot of funny stuff that happens on social media surrounding sporting events. And here's just a sample You know, you get press conference highlights. You get fans doing weird things. This falls under the category of a head coach in the NFL talking to the media and being able to have fun with a quote-unquote situation. We all know about the Michigan football team and their sign-stealing scandal, which led to a three-game suspension of Wolverine head coach Jim Harbaugh. Now his brother, John, is the head coach of the number one seed of the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. They did not have to play this weekend. But part of the job this weekend was to scout teams they may play. And there was a question about the extremely winter conditions for the Kansas City 
Miami game. And here's what Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, had to say about his team's preparations for analyzing the Chiefs and the Dolphins from frigid Kansas City. It's going to be very interesting. We've got we got some scouts whose who flights have been canceled going out there. We're trying to get out there to, to scout the game, so which is legal in pro football, by the way. <laughs> I mean, for what all Michigan went through for Jim's brother to go down that road, I thought it was pretty funny and pretty clever. He had a big smile on his face as he said that. And yeah, you can scout the teams in person in the NFL. College football, not wise to go and videotape the signals of the opposing team. But as we find out, or found out, you still go to the playoffs. You can still win a national championship. Don't need to do that with such a good team they had. But I guess rules are rules, but you don't truly get punished in that particular situation. But Michigan was the best team in the country. They deserve to win. Their players definitely earned that championship. Speaking of college football, Kalen DeBoer left Washington to become the new head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I'm sure there's a lot of reactions down in Tuscaloosa about Alabama. Moving on from Nick Saban after his retirement and getting DeBoer from Washington. And there's a Twitter account. It's Roll Tide with Willie and Chad. Now, do me a favor. Take a second and think about if you're at a barber shop or a restaurant in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, what it might sound like of Tide fans having a conversation about their beloved football team. So just try to imagine what you would be hearing and what it would sound like coming from the South. Well, what you just thought about, multiply it by 50 And this is what one of those conversations sounded like. So this is Roll Tie with Willie and Chad. They are diehards. Chad is a diehard fan who got a little excited. But here is their conversation about Alabama's new head football coach. That new coach, Jalen DeBoer, baby. I think he's the man. Yes, sir, he's the man. He's, he's the man. He's been a winner every way he's been. That man, 104 and 12. Right, 104 wins, 12 losses. That is not a bad record. Look, I'd rather have him than Dallas. Florida State's coach. Any of them. Florida State's coach letting the whole damn thing. Dabo, any of them. We love it. We love it. Welcome to what we can offer. We got a good coach, and we appreciate that. To Nick Saban hey, and the time. All y'all entering the transfer portal, that's y'all's damn problem. Uh, damn right. You better stay with the damn time you got to sit. <laughs> everybody blitz. Everybody blitz. Everybody blitz. Blitz by the blitz. Welcome to, to Tuscaloosa. Alabama. Roll time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that just perfect? Isn't that just exactly what you would expect to hear in Tuscaloosa? I swear when... I was able to cover the Irish and the Tide in the title game back in 12. I mean, everywhere you went, you heard Alabama fan walking by to roll damn tide, roll tide. It was like saying good morning. But in Alabama's world, roll damn tide is good morning, good evening, and good night. That is classic Alabama conversation right there. Although I think there's probably a few people that sound like that in the Midwest as well. We'll take a timeout. Let's talk some football. 
with Blue and Gold Illustrated. Tyler Horka coming up next. Sports Beat on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A couple of minutes after 6 o'clock at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It is time for our Twitter question of the day. And we go back to Friday's program. I asked you this question. Which of these two coaches would you want to be the head coach of your favorite NFL team? And we wanted you to think about this right now in their careers. At this very moment, analyzing the two now, Who would you choose between Michigan head football coach Jim Harbaugh, who reportedly is going to meet with the Chargers today, or former New England Patriot head coach Bill Belichick, who won six Super Bowls in Foxborough. But at the end of his career, without Tom Brady, do you factor that in? He's not been the same coach. So which of these two coaches at this point in their careers would you want to be the head coach of your favorite NFL team? Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick? The results? Harbaugh got 57%, Belichick 43%. And I wish I could have asked those who picked Belichick how much of it had to do with just not liking Harbaugh and his annex. And on the other side, the 57% who went with Harbaugh Hey, he led the 49ers to the Super Bowl, but picking Harbaugh, did it have something to do with Belichick not being able to sustain success pre and post Tom Brady, or any success pre or post Tom Brady? The vote is complete. 57% went with Harbaugh. Fascinating. We appreciate you chiming in on my Twitter X account at 960 Sportsbeep. Now to today's question. It actually open up for voting yesterday afternoon. This is a hypothetical. Let me stress, a hypothetical. So, hypothetically, if Irish quarterback Riley Leonard was in the 2024 NFL draft, along with two guys who will be in the draft, Michigan's J.J. McCarthy and Notre Dame's Sam Hartman, If you had to, hypothetically, you had to draft one of them, which one would you choose? Leonard, McCarthy, or Hartman? McCarthy announced he's going to the draft over the weekend. Hartman out of eligibility. He's in the draft without a whole lot of portfolio. And Leonard's kind of a wild card. We heard he might be a first-round pick before last year started. Injuries, quality of play, just not there. So he's coming to improve his stock and win a bunch of games for this Fighting Irish football team. So if you had to draft one of these guys in the upcoming NFL draft, Leonard McCarthy or Hartman, which would be your choice? You can vote on my Twitter X account at 960 Sportsbeat. Results tomorrow. Brand new question also coming up on tomorrow's Budweiser's weekday Sportsbeat. ABC 57's Allison Hayes will join me for the 5 o'clock hour tomorrow here on WSBT Radio. We have a sports update coming up in a moment. We'll give you the progress of the game in 
New York today between Buffalo and Pittsburgh. That wild card game is now at halftime. And still to come, rank the playoff games from least surprising to most surprising this weekend and our Sizzler segment, our sports wagering conversation. All coming up on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT South Bend. I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Uh, here at Notre Dame, to have a chance to play these kind of teams, you have an opportunity to jump up and, and maybe in some ways be a spoiler. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. We're talking about Stanford. Yep, you want to ask me a question about Stanford? I'm all ears. I'll pass. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And most of the football players who chose USC over UCLA because it's easier to spell. Well, Kyron Williams put up a great effort this year. The LA Rams fell to the Detroit Lions yesterday, 24-23. Notre Dame's Zach Martin, a part of that Cowboy team that got knocked off by the Green Bay Packers. 48-34 down in Big D yesterday. Mm-mm-mm. So, unfortunately, they're starting their vacation a little earlier than they expected. I'm Darren Pritchett, 614 at WSBT. Our program brought to you by Budweiser, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Midland Engineering Company, and the Mishawaka Education Foundation. All right. A couple of things I want to get to in this particular segment before we join Irish basketball at Boston College at the bottom of the hour. Let's talk some National Football League playoffs for a couple of moments. We have the Bills and Steelers right now at halftime with the Bills up 21-7 over Pittsburgh. That is the fifth of six Super Wildcard games over the past couple of days. The sixth is later tonight. Eagles at Buccaneers, that'll kick off at 8.15. We will join that game thanks to Westwood One following Fighting Irish Basketball. So, with four games in the books, how would I rank the games from least surprising to the most surprising result? Let's have a little NFL conversation. We'll go 4-1, to one, the least surprising of the four games so far. We go to Arrowhead. It was the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins really screwed up down the stretch and gave away the AFC East to the Buffalo Bills, who snatched it away from the Dolphins down in Miami in Week 18. Miami has not been the same team on the road this year, going to an Arctic Kansas City, where historically the Dolphins have struggled in those type of elements. I mean, you got 78, 80 degrees in Miami. How do you prepare your football team to go to minus four degrees? You can't do it. And Miami, not surprisingly, got thumped by Kansas City 26-7. to Even though the Dolphins have a really nice run game with Achan and Mostert, but the Chiefs' defense is a whole lot better than the last couple of years. Not sure it's going to be enough to offset how far the offense has fallen back. Chiefs might be done after next weekend if they have to go to Buffalo, which it looks like that'll happen. But it's just not a surprise Miami laid an egg, A, in the postseason, and B, doing so in such a cold environment 
in Kansas City. Chiefs won over the Dolphins 26-7, the least surprising result of the NFL playoffs so far. We now move to number three, and I'm going to go with the Lions edging the Rams 24-23. I thought this game could have gone either way. It was a coin flip type game. In this moment, you thought maybe McVay might have an advantage, having been in the postseason before over Campbell. Stafford, better quarterback than Goff. Sometimes in these type of games where it could go either way, you go with that head coach quarterback combination. And if you went that way, can't blame you. But the Lions got it done last night. Their offense got off to such a fantastic start. Three straight touchdown drives to get their night started. Now, things did not end as well offensively for either side as the touchdowns went away in the second half. But the Lions defense, which is vulnerable on the back end, made enough plays, and the Lions move on 24-23. to I put it at number three because it just felt like this game could go either way. Wouldn't have been a surprise either way. Lions got it done. Good for the Lions fans in our area. Ranking the NFL playoff game so far from least surprising to most surprising. Coming in at number two, the Texans routing the Cleveland Browns down in Houston 45-14. to In the world of Las Vegas, the Browns were the favorite on the road against the AFC South champions. And this was a game in which the Browns' great defense was supposed to partially neutralize rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. But you know what? The Browns' defense on the road just is not as good, whatever reason that is. And they got demolished by the Buckeye quarterback. C.J. Stroud looks like an absolute superstar in the making. Joe Flacco at 38 years old, a Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP, a guy who's won as many games on the road in the postseason as anyone in NFL history. But the pick sixes that he threw, devastating to that Browns football team who had a chance until those pick sixes. So the Browns were the favorite. The Texans were at home. If the Texans, you'd have been told they were going to win, wouldn't have been a shock. But to win by 31 against that defense, that is a big surprise and my second biggest surprise of the weekend. But coming in at number one, the Green Bay Packers going to Dallas and whooping them 48-34. It was 27 to nothing. Cowboys were down by 31 in the fourth quarter. Don't let the final score make you feel like, well, the Cowboys came back. They did it against a second-string Packer defense. Jordan Love at midseason, the questions were starting to occur. Is he the future of the Packers? Now, all of a sudden, how quickly can the Packers give him an extension? So he is the Packer guy going forward. The Cowboys defense, who had been pretty solid throughout the year, just got ran over. The defensive line was dominated. Jordan loved the touchdown passes, sidearm, touch pass. He did it all for Green Bay in this contest. And Dak Prescott was kind of Dak Prescott 
in the postseason, throwing a couple of picks, including a pick six at the end of the second quarter that made the Dallas fans officially say, oh boy, here we go again. Like that, here we go, here we go again. That should be the new phrase in Dallas, not Dak saying, here we go before the snap, but here we go again in the postseason. So the Packers thumping the Cowboys in Dallas, the biggest surprise so far of the National Football League playoffs. Show me the money. We go Well, Friday Sizzler is turning out to be a pretty good Friday. We had a 10-pack of picks. Let's recap the picks so far. One of them is still taking place right now, that Bills-Steelers game that got postponed from Sunday to Monday. So here's what we went with. We started with a loss. We took the Browns minus 2.5 at the Texans. That was a clunker. They lost by 31. We bounced back on Saturday night. I took the Chiefs minus 4.5 against the Dolphins at minus 110. Chiefs won by 19, easily covering the 4.5. Sunday's doubleheader. I went with the Packers plus seven and a half at Dallas at minus 115. You can keep the points. Just just keep them. We're good, thanks. Packers won by 14. Sunday night, I took the Rams plus three at the Lions at minus 108. Rams lost the game, but we'll take those three points, and we are a winner. I had some college basketball picks. From Friday, I took Minnesota plus four and a half at Indiana. I faded Indiana one game too many. Gophers lost to Indiana, 74 to 62. I had Nebraska, Iowa over 166 total points in Iowa City at minus 110. 172 points were scored. We'll take the victory. Iowa won 94 to 78. Friday night in the NBA, Pacers-Hawks under 251.5 at minus 110. Ended up 234. Pacers won 126 to 108. And I also had two college hockey picks from Friday. I went with Michigan State on the money line at Penn State at minus 125. And the Spartans shut out the Lions 5-0. I also took Notre Dame hockey on the money line at Ohio State at minus 125, and the Buckeyes knocked off the Irish, unfortunately, 3-2. But so far, if you bet $10 on those nine games so far, we're 6-3 and and up $24.21. We are 22-13-1 so far this year, up $66.92. How about tonight? I want winners. My four picks for tonight... College basketball, Boston College hosting Notre Dame. Irish are a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. I'm not going to touch that. I'm going to go Boston College under 72-and-a-half points at minus 110. Also, I'm going to go with Irish guard Marcus Burden over one-and-a-half three-pointers at plus 125. For the last six games, he's gone over one-and-a-half three-pointers made. He's averaging four-and-a-half three-pointers during that six-game stretch. I took on Friday the Bills minus 10 against the Steelers at minus 105. That's looking good. And I'm going to go, this is a head scratcher, but Eagles minus three at the Bucks at minus 105. That's going to do it for Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. We're out of here because Fighting Irish Basketball is coming up next on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960 
WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 